This is the Born Offside podcast. It's about football and the World Cup. If you share it, your ability to reproduce will probably increase by 10 times. Can you risk not sharing it? This message is not legally binding. Okay, uh, well, uh, here we go. Welcome to episode two of uh, Born Offside. It's our daily-ish kind of podcast uh, on the FIFA 2018 World Cup. Uh, it's, it's, it's here. It's, it's finally here. here. It's, Dave, Dave how, how are you feeling? It's here. It's, it's arrived. Here. It's, it's here. Christmas. Christmas is a month. <laughs> it really is a little bit like, like Christmas, isn't it? Like a Christmas for kids. It's you know? football like, Christmas. This is what it is. It's football Christmas. You have to wait four years, but it is now football Christmas for an entire month. I'm not true. quite sure who Santa Claus is. It's not Vladimir Putin. We'll work it out. Well, he'd make a quite interesting uh, uh, Santa Claus, I reckon. You'd put a, a, a Santa costume on him. Yeah, and the Santa yeah. Claus that kills all the peoples. Oh, he kills peoples all the time. Yes. Anyway, we'll 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 leave the Russian accents for later. Uh, uh, although, oh, why? Why bother? We might as well just do the whole thing in Russian accents if we no. want. Um, all right. Okay. Well, mate, it's it's in Russia, uh, mm-hmm. and and this is one of the things that I wanted to talk about. It's it's and and the idea and the concept of of the World Cup this year, uh, being in in Russia, has grown on me. Uh, 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 recently, and uh, certainly after uh, after last night, uh, because I think for some reason it just wasn't it, it wasn't dawning on me that that Russia could host the World Cup. But there are so many good, beautiful things about uh, about Russia, uh, and uh, and I, I really I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great tournament. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So uh, yeah. last last night we saw the first game kick it all off: Russia versus Saudi Arabia. Um, now uh, we'll we'll get straight into the mitty, the 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 nitty gritty of it all. The last time I remember Saudi Arabia, uh, they were thrashed eight 0 against Germany back in two thousand and two. Uh, well, um, uh, if that's your benchmark, they have improved. Uh, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> although I'm not sure if getting thrashed eight 0 Well, no, that was a terrible Germany team in two thousand and two. So that was that was shit. Uh, to get back to your point, like Russia is a proper football nation, though, right? Like Russians really like football i think it's the number one sport in russia uh they've got a you know an institution of people going to watch football matches they've had some great players over the years all right this this team is nothing to you know really write home about although they did very well today um but i think you know it's a it's a proper world cup in a proper football country um i think obviously the problem that everyone has with russia is a it's bloody big and b <laughs> they've got some questionable attitudes towards people who aren't white and Russian. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is something I'd, I'd actually like to, to touch on as well. You know, I think it's, uh, it's one of the things that worries me and it, it's been in the back of my mind and I've been trying not to think about it, but I think a lot of people do. Um, the, uh, the possibility of, of, of crowd problems, um, the, the, the chance that something, uh, something may, may come uh, and something may happen, it, 
this tends to be something that happens quite often. The beginning of a tournament is always very beautiful, very wonderful, very positive. Uh, uh, and then unfortunately, at some stage, uh, someone sets off some kind of firework and it, it just blows up. And, and Russia and, and England in particular, are not, uh, are not particularly, uh, they've not particularly got a very good track record in, in, in regards well, to that. What, what, what sort of concerns would you have? Well, I'm not, I wouldn't be too worried about it. Kind of, you're now, you know, not just talking about the, the possible kind of, I think there's, there's the worry of, of, you know, racist chanting coming from, from, uh, you know, one of the stands, one of the, one of the games, but, and also like, if you're involving England, you're also, you know, talking about the fact that there's a possible traveling hooligan element from what I've read, there's only 2000 official fans going and I'm, the official England fans are not the ones that causes problems. But if you think about the fact that they normally have, you know, 10, 20,000 people going, they've only got two. That kind of tells you that there's a much smaller element. And I had um, a look three days ago to see if you could still get tickets. You can still buy tickets for England, Belgium and for um, England, Panama. I remember when I was um, looking at trying to go to France 98 or even uh, Germany in, in 2006, you couldn't buy tickets for an England match. Like England matches would sell out, boom so fast mm. so i think there's because a russia is expensive b the visa process is hard it's far also they've got a reputation and like you see what happened in marseille i think people are just choosing not to go so mm. i don't i don't think there'll be a big problem there also i don't know what you felt mate but perhaps it was the coverage i was watching but as i was watching today the atmosphere in the stadium because we've heard all of these things about Putin basically locking up all the hooligans, right? You know, or, or telling them to stay at home. And I don't know, it felt like a really kind of almost flat to me. I'm, I was um, doing my research for the show. Lacking that sort of violent side of... <laughs> yeah, but I think the thing is, no one wants to see the violence, but the... the no, 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 I know what you... Yeah. The atmosphere in a crowd, and that, I think this is applicable to any nation, an atmosphere in a football match crowd, it sometimes is its best when it's at its most tribal, at its most, you know, on the brink of violence. Obviously, no one wants to break it into violence. And no one wants, you know, to divide people by, you know, racial or, or you know, gender or sexuality, like any of those things. But there is, you know, football is most visceral is when there's an element of, I mean, and it's made up, right? But and an element of hatred in there, or of disdain. Um, you know, like the, one of the greatest atmospheres in, in European football is the Celtic Rangers match, which is due to the fact that there's genuine hatred there. Um, <laughs> I mean, but that's the reason. Yes, yeah, right? of it. yes. You know, yeah. If we all loved each other, like, you know, you can have a good atmosphere, but anyway, so I think I, I, I get the feeling there won't be a, a hooliganism problem. The, the racism problem... Um, the thing is, it's there in Russia. I don't think that the other European nations have solved it. I don't think even England have solved it. I think England have made a big improvement in it. But I think if you go underneath the Premier League, I think you probably still find pockets of it here and there. Um, part of me almost wants something to happen and for FIFA to properly crack down on it. Like, mm. kick a team out of the tournament. Mm. Um, especially if a player or someone does it. You know, like, um, you know what Suarez did and um, yes. rumors yeah. about the most recent, like, like, if you know, I mean, Suarez basically called um, Evra the, the Evra. word eight times and then refused to share, shake Evra. Kick him out. 
like kick the player out or kick the the team out of the tournament like that'll send a message you know yeah yeah well so, sometimes it's very hard to to obviously uh pinpoint these things uh on the cameras and everything but they've got people who are able to dissect uh exactly what happens on the pitch and there's microphones everywhere they should be able to pick these things up and i do but i do agree with you i think it should be a very harsh and uh a, a, a kind of a point where they turn around and just say, "Look, you're banned," you, and and that's it. And for a large period of time, for a bit, I'm 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 totally with you uh, on it. Um, but I just I just uh, there's one thing I disagree with you. You you, you did say that you think that there's there's not going to be any violence this year, and and I just want to put it out there. When was the last time? Uh-huh. When was the last time that an England traveling team went to an, either a European or a World Cup, and there wasn't any crowd violence. Well, that'd be, now, that's 2002 in Korea, Japan, because it was really far away. It's really far away. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, you're, you're, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're very right on that one. I just, the, the last one, for example, you know, when uh, in the streets of Marseille, for example, that whole thing, you know, the, 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 the British fans all kind of turned around and said, well, it wasn't our fault. It was a group of, of, of Russians that came in. And, and But the thing is, the English always seem to be in there. So, like, you know, it's not, oh, yeah, our, fault. Like, it's not our fault. But yeah, No, I mean, that definitely was part of our fault. And I'm, I'm not saying that there's going to be no violence because that problem doesn't exist. I'm saying there's going to be no violence because the hooligans don't have enough money to get there. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I know that there was a very strong uh, uh, push to try to stop them from, from leaving the country as well. So, all right, look, let's, uh, let's get away from that. I don't think that was something that we were intending on doing. Uh, no, it's not it, written it, down here on the running order, mate. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. Uh, so we're, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, but I'll tell you what, let's just take a short little break and, uh, after that and we'll just get straight into what we actually really need cool. to be going into. Yeah. All right. Part 1 is finished. Part 2 is next. But first synthetic music. Alright, so, mate, we should review what we saw. uh, um, uh, Because, you know, I think people want to get thoughts on on stuff that's actually happened. Uh, So, I think it's only right that we start with the main, most important action of the day. The opening ceremony. Uh, I've got a number of thoughts about it. Yep. One, it was very, very, very wonderfully short. <laughs> yes, very well, true. It's because because they do have an awful reputation. These blimming things of going on for ages. And who? This is my question. Who are they for? Like, who wants to see these ceremonies? I, why can't we? It's who are the family? It's for the delegates. Oh, if, for goodness' I, sake! I think it's for the loved ones and partners of of the the FIFA representative for for Zimbabwe. That's, that's what I think it's for. Like, all right. Well, if it was up to me, there'd be no more ceremonies at all for anything. Like, not for not for, for, for World Cups, not for Olympics, not for Winter oh, Olympics. Come on, the Olympic Just get rid of them. Olympic ceremony is different. All those athletes with the flag. Like, that's all right. But it takes seven hours and, you know, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not into it at all. Cut them all out. Let's just get straight to it. Why are we here? Are we here to have a look at lots of people parading around uh, in weird kind of dresses and, uh, and hoping that Robbie Williams doesn't swear at a camera? Or are we actually, you know, here to see some sport? Yeah, so... I, mean, I will agree with you. It was short, but it doesn't mean it wasn't shit. <laughs> <I> mean, it, was, <laughs> it was horrible. Like, one... 
Robbie Williams is not culturally relevant anymore. I mean, if he ever was, like, why? And then, <laughs> then he gets up and just sings songs. And uh, the, the, I mean, here you go, Russia. Here's one fifth of Take That. And, <laughs> and I'm, I, I'll be honest, like, I, I used to be a, a, a slight Robbie Williams fan, I think, when uh, in his heyday, you know, when he was sort of, you know, hanging off the edge of a balcony drunk in Los Angeles, you know, stuff like that. One uh, good song. Was the yeah, Extreme? Uh, I kind of like that one. I'd like no, he's, he, he's done a few and, and his voice was, was very good. But I don't, I think he had a, a, a and I'm a little bit cynical with, with singing. Uh, me, myself, personally, I thought that he sang very badly, actually. He didn't hit uh, the notes that he was supposed to and there was all sorts of gaps in there. No, I thought it was terrible. I thought, you know, uh, you know and, and the fact that he thought he was doing a great job annoyed me as well. Do you think Putin would bring that up with him? Just like, you, you are supposed to hit notes. <laughs> now I hit you. <laughs> Note it down. Um, <laughs> you know I have reputation. You know, so yeah, also, I think he was dressed like a some kind of parrot. Like you know, <sighs> I just, I just yeah, you got it all wrong. I didn't understand it. Also, I just want to point out now, as I speculated in our last podcast, Ronaldo did nothing. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> During the time that I was watching Ronaldo come out, I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Prove me wrong, mate. You're going to do something, surely. What no. did he do? He literally dummied the ball. Like, he, he did nothing. That, gonna... That's right. That's right. He gave the mascot a high five after that. I mean, this is how bad this is how, becoming. How much money do you think he got for that appearance? I'm, I reckon easily half a mil. Like, easily oh. half a million US cash. Well, that, that smile certainly said half a mil, didn't it? <laughs> he was loving it. He was all out there, guys. I'm not going to say anything, yeah? But look at the smile, mate. Look where's, at the smile. Where's half the second of the two brown envelopes? I got the first one. I want the second one. Where do I get it? Who do I from? Who's got it? Infantini? Has Infantini got it? I want it. He's, he's got to have it, surely. Um, I, and, and where's Ronaldo? Can I, can I punch him quickly? Uh, sorry. You know, go on. <laughs> um, no, look, he, he, you're right. He did absolutely nothing. I was hoping that he might, uh, at least sort of do a little bit of, of juggling and go yeah. for it. Uh, or even maybe play a little box to box footy with, uh, with, with Robbie Williams when Robbie Williams came off, you know, to, you know, have a look, two little goals, you know, uh, the kiddie goals, and then have the two of them sort of do a bit of a, you know, one V one. Well, that's almost what we saw afterwards, but, um, uh, I don't know. I thought um, Putin did um, a, a lovely opening speech, which I don't know uh, what it was like watching from, from Australia, but uh, on the US coverage, at least, the, um, the, the interpreter, like the live interpreter, A, had an extremely menacing Russian voice, and B, was really sleepy. <laughs> like, it was, it was like... Uh, Football <laughs> is humanistic sport. <laughs> like you almost like he was saying, "Oh, do I have to do this?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. My back hurts. <laughs> Let I me go ice home. Skating. Ice skating <laughs> is my sport. Why I have to do this? Um, and and then Infantini came on, and Infantini was you know how Infantini? like Infantino, Infant whatever. Um, you know, like, so you'd, Sepp Blatter was, was 
you know, Darth Vader, right? And then, right. and then Infantino is is like little bitchy whiny Kylo Ren. That, <laughs> like, and like he gets up and he cracks a joke in Russian, and then the look on his face when he's like, "Shit, they're all getting it. They love, they love me." And he, <laughs> I'm gonna crack a joke in Saudi. Ah, they love it. Ah, I'm gonna say a little bit of English. Oh, what am I doing here? I'm, and then during the match, you just pan to Putin. And the king of Saudi Arabia, I'm presuming who that, who that was. I, I believe it was, yes. Uh, or the head shaker, or, or to give it whatever its correct title. And then Infantino in the middle of them. Like, but mate, Putin and, and Saudi Arabia are on opposite ends of an actual war going on. Like they're funding different halves of the Syrian war. But they're like sat there with just Gianni Infantino in between them. <laughs> Is it, there couldn't be a more surreal picture. It's uh, it it really is quite. When uh, the fifth goal went in. When the fifth goal went in, and Putin just like shrugs, as <laughs> if to say, maybe I bribed them too much. <laughs> like it was. Or let this be lesson to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we smile at each other, but we say bad things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also the the place that they were in. Like, so they're in the VIP corporate hospitality. Of course, they're not going to sit in with the fans. I appreciate that. But they were, you know, normally boxes themselves are like, you know, uh, uh, an area with like a, a sliding patio door. But then you have like a terrace, which is open air where you come and sit, right? Mm -hmm. You know, everyone knows what it looks like. But this one just seemed to be a glass box, I guess, because they're afraid of being shot at. Like, well, like the Pope. Yeah, <laughs> like so it just seemed very strange that they were these three men in this isolated glass box watching football and shrugging at each other. And Putin clearly doesn't like football. Like, he clearly doesn't. Like, what is that? <laughs> There's not enough naked horseback riding for him. Like, he's just, he's just not Boris Johnson, is he? He just isn't, you know? He's, he's not. Uh, Mate, we should talk uh, about the football. We should talk about the actual. Unless you've got any more opening ceremony points, we should. Not talk. at all. No, I think that's absolutely great. But I think it's a good a good time for us to go for a little bit of a break. And when we come straight back, we'll get straight into uh, match one: Russia versus Saudi Arabia. Part two has disappeared into the same black hole that your life is escaping into while you listen to these two stupid men. Right, okay. Uh, Russia, uh, Dave, uh, first yeah. game straight off, bang. The two lowest FIFA ranking teams in the tournament. Arshavin told uh, uh, everybody in the world that, uh, that this was basically Russia's worst possible team uh, probably for a, for a generation. Uh, what did we think of the game? Uh, I thought the general standard was very, very poor. I thought, on, honest, honestly, like... Uh, well done, Russia. Like, it's always difficult. You're playing under pressure. I thought they grew into the game quite a bit, but I thought the, the Saudi defending in particular was dreadful. Like, um, I thought the, the guy who came off the bench, um, who's actually born in Spain, isn't he? Cherish Cherishev? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's Russian, you know, Russian parentage, but... but Born and, and raised in Spain, I believe. Well, his second goal was uh, was lovely, lovely first yeah. touch. But actually, yeah. he shouldn't have been allowed to take that first touch. Like, and uh, are you talking about his first goal? So his first goal, where he chips it over the two def uh, two defenders coming sliding in. I, it, that was almost 
he finished it very nicely with the outside yes. of his foot as well. But really, he shouldn't have been able to get the ball. I I thought it shouldn't have arrived at his. I mean, I thought yeah, I thought he should have yeah. been. Been closed down. Uh, I thought the goalkeeper was horrendous. That that goal that you're talking of, he, uh, Cherishev, Cherishev's second. We can't even say the name of the people playing. Uh, the second goal from the from the Russian lad uh, that that went in. Like at first glance, you're like, oh, postage stamp. Oh, he's put that in the top. All oh, lovely. But then when you watch the replay, you're like, no, middle of the goal. <laughs> <laughs> No, that uh, that keeper was not uh, was not the best, and and it, there was a there was an obvious air of um, uh, slight disarray and and disorganisation about the Saudi team, wasn't there? Yes. So. Yeah, and they did they have a shot on? Uh, uh, yes, I, I think I believe they had a, a couple of shots, which then goes to say just how bad I guess Russia uh, probably were as well. This is. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, Saudi, Saudi Arabia's chances of going through to the next round? Oh, now absolutely zero. Absolutely zero. Okay. And absolutely. of course, Russia, Russia with five goals uh, in the bag. Um, you big, know. big pressure on the Uruguay-Egypt match now. Like one of those teams wins it. That, you know, they're looking good. But if you lose that match... That then when they come to play Russia, whether Egypt lose or, or Uruguay lose, or even if they draw it, Russia yep. two or three points in front of them. They're playing, you know, in their home stadium. Confidence is up. That becomes a really hard match. So now Uruguay, Egypt becomes, I think, a really tense match. If if Russia had just won their game one or two nil and kind of looked bad, mm. but they look solid, tails up five nil. I think it puts a, a lot of pressure on that game. Although on the positive side, if Mo Salah is fit, and we'll get onto this when we preview, he is. He is. He's fit. He's going to start. I mean, if he's properly fit, he must have been looking at that Saudi team today and going, six. I think I can six. That Maybe just for me. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I shouldn't, shouldn't imagine Mo Salah will be doing any passing, will he? Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't imagine so. Um, no, I mean, because uh, uh, Mido is not there anymore, is he? So, uh, no. He hasn't been there for a while. We should, <laughs> we should get onto Egypt in a bit. What did you think? All right, okay, okay. What, what did you think of... of of what you saw, like abject. Uh, abject. I was, uh, <laughs> and and I object <laughs> to saying anything about that match. Quite frankly, um, look, the, the 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 thing that I loved, I think, about that match was that it was it was the the penny dropping on the World Cup. I, I think that's what I loved. And uh, but when I when I looked at it bef beforehand, and I I, I saw. Oh God, these are you know, and you know what I think about FIFA FIFA rankings and FIFA standings. They're just absolute rubbish. You know, they they they're just stupid. We all know that they're absolutely you know nobody knows how they're calculated. Why Uruguay, the second rated best team in the world? You know, you know what I mean? It doesn't it doesn't work in my in my brain. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they are both the lowest ranking teams that are in the competition, you know, you know, it was always going to be a, a pretty bad match. Um, now I, I wasn't expecting a 5-0. I thought Saudi Arabia would put up a, li a little bit of a, be a better fight. Mind you, it was really just 3-0 until, uh, until about, uh, um, well, both, both the, the, the fourth and the fifth goal was scored in extra time, and it put a real gloss on, on that match. But you could see the, 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 
at, still at 2-0, it was still tense. And, uh, and the Russians were still not totally uh, secure of it. But once the third goal went in, then everything started to relax a little bit more. And they, uh, you know, there were, there was points where they managed to switch the ball around okay. Um, but the thing is, it's just not a very good gauge of, of whether either one of those teams will actually progress through to the next stage. Um, like you said, Saudi Arabia, I don't think they're going to be in it, obviously. Um, but I actually rate uh, uh, um, Uruguay and Egypt to, to, to have a good chance of making it because they'll be looking at that Saudi Arabia game, like you said, with Mo Salah, thinking we can, we, can, we can score a lot of goals here, you know, and we can throw everything at them and we can even concede one or two, which doesn't really matter, but we can score a lot of goals here. Uh, so confidence will be high when either one of those uh, teams play against them in the future as well. Mate, um, we, we're going to have a regular feature on, on this show, which is, who is worse than Jesse Lingard? Yes, yes. I would like to put to you that everyone, <laughs> except for the, 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 the lad who scored the two goals, and, and was it Golovin? Golovin? Golovin. Golovin played okay, yes. Two, two assists and a nice free kick at the end. Other yep. than that, they were all worse than Jesse Lingard, including the keepers if Jesse Lingard was to go in goal. Okay, let's start making that list. Uh, we'll put them on. But I, but I guess we can also put the rest of the Saudi team on there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I was referring to the entire Saudi team. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you, yeah, I, I thought you meant the entire Russian team apart yeah, from Golovin and Cheshev, um, But the All 22 players on the pitch, yep. except for those two, were worse than Jesse Lingard. All right. Okay. And the subs that came on. And uh, yeah. why don't we we'll just put the medical team in there and uh, we'll put, uh, you know. And Ronaldo. <laughs> The original Ronaldo. Like, the original Ronaldo. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we'll start compiling our list. Now, remember, Jesse Lingard hasn't played a game yet. All right, so we, the, bar, <laughs> the bar's not yet set, you know, so, uh, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. You can um, get from the list. I mean, if Jesse has a terrible tournament, you can get removed from the list. What, and we have to put somebody else on? No, I mean, we're just, I'm just... I can revise my opinion on who's worse than Jesse Lingard. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Sounds good. Uh, all right. Uh, that's. Uh, I think that's that's pretty good. Let's take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk uh, a little bit about the uh, the the next games coming up. That's Egypt, Uruguay, Morocco, Iran, and of course the big one, Portugal versus Spain. Part three wasn't too bad. But now comes part four, which is the worst. Enjoy the temporary bliss of the buffer sound. So we're back. We're, we're, we're back. back. We're back. We didn't. We both wanted to say it, but we're we're back. We're back. We are. Tomorrow, tomorrow uh, early in the morning um, for me, uh, but kind of the afternoon game is that Egypt Uruguay game. Yep. Um, uh, I think the world. Uh, uh, wants Egypt to win. Yep. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and say say that uh, I I have a Colombian friend who has uh, reinforced my opinion that that Uruguay is a team of fairly universally hated throughout the world. I have a sample size of two, me and my Colombian friend, and uh, therefore I yeah I think everyone wants Egypt to win. Like Mo Salah's really popular. Uh, there's who's the West Brom centre back centre-back is Agazi. Agazi, yes absolutely he's a he's a monster of a of a player as well and I think he's a yeah yeah he um he scored a a, a beaut against Southampton 
this this season as well. We came back and we managed to draw. I think we came back and managed to draw that game. But anyway, uh, he 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 scored one and it was very depressing. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they've got players who are, are scoring, you know, solid Premier League goals against Southampton and Uruguay have got what? Suarez, who's he scored against? Like, <laughs> just not that many. Not just that not that many. many. Only what twenty-five this year. He's had a terrible <laughs> season. He's been poor. By his standards, absolutely, he really has, hasn't he? So, although, uh, although the, I think it was, it's going back a little while now. But they, um, Barca won for the first time uh, at Depor this year, didn't they? Like they famously hadn't won at Depor for a long, long time, and they went there. Uh, and they, it was, they were two or three down, and they came back to win the game five-three. And Suarez scored a goal in that game that was just utterly ridiculous. Like you could have had four keepers in the goal because he makes the ball not only go in the top corner, but he puts it so wide and high that, that you couldn't get to it before it got in the top corner. That's right. That's he, right. Yes. He does a, he, he is a horrible, horrible human being. <laughs> he, he's a proven racist. You just, you just described him as scoring one of the most fantastic goals you've ever seen and then followed it up by saying he's a horrible human being. You can't, he you is. Know. The two things are, are mutually exclusive as far as I'm concerned. He, I mean, he's a proven racist. He's a, he's a, he's a cheat. He's a cannibal. Um, these things are not debatable. These are on the record. Um, and um, I'm getting into the debate, I believe he would probably sacrifice his mother for a goal. Uh, <laughs> and, and not like an important goal either. Like, like the consolation in a 7-1 thumping. He, anyway, but he's a very <laughs> fine football player. Like in terms of ability and what he can do and... Also, I think he's the kind of player that you would love to have on your team because he doesn't give up very easy, does he? No, 100%. You know, he's, uh, he's a fighter. And it's one of the reasons why he did so well uh, when, he was, um, uh, when he was at Liverpool as well and when he was in the Premier League. He, he, he's a fighter and he has that, uh, that X factor about him as well where he's able to just produce something out of nothing and change a game and turn it on its head. Um, you know, when, when your team is down, you need these kinds of players to say, you know, come away with a breakaway and, and uh, 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 hit you on the counter-attack and score straight from that one. And then you're thinking, Craig, we've, we, we feel as though we've done everything. And then here comes this guy and he just pops up and scores out of nothing. So it's, uh, it's, it's one of those players um, uh, that can really, you know, change, uh, change a game when, while still sort of, you know, a bit of a Matt Letizia, you yeah. know, does nothing all game and then just suddenly crops up with something. Slightly different body shape to Matt Letizia. Slightly different body shape to Matt Letizia, different size nose. Equally ugly face, though, I'd say. Yeah, they, they did rather well, I think, uh, those two. Uh, obviously, they were sharing a, a similar gene pool somewhere along the lines. <laughs> along but, the uh, uh, a quick word about Mo Salah. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think about him? I don't think he'll be fit. I don't, I, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not a doctor, but like looking at, the way that he had to come off. Um, I don't think three weeks... And, like, he hasn't played since the final, right? He hasn't played in any of the warm-up games. So I don't think he can be match fit. Like, uh, if I look, think about um, Harry Kane, for example, Harry Kane had three, four weeks out with an ankle. Okay, it's a different injury. But when he came back, first game, he wasn't at the pace. At pace and he didn't get up to pace for, I don't know, three, four games. So I, mm. I don't see how Salah can be you know, the most Salah we know uh, in, in this game. Like, if I mean, he might be able to, to do, have a, a telling contribution. Like, he might be able to, you know, sprint away from someone 
uh, the the Uruguayan defense is is experienced and good, but I I would say it's slow. Godin uh, mm-hmm. and um, Martin is it Martinez? Martinez, yep, yep. Yeah. Godin and Martinez are not fast players, I don't think, and I don't think the the fullbacks are particularly quick. Um, so they could have some joy there, although I expect them to probably sit quite deep because uh, you know. I would have thought Uruguay will, will sit and then kind of rely on Cavani and, and Suarez to do something. You know, like, first first game of the World Cup, pressure's on, you really don't want to lose that game, you're, you're, you've got experience at defending, you've got very good centre-backs, it would make sense for them to, you know, sit, contain Salah, because if, uh, if you watch the Chelsea-Liverpool game at the end of last season, he can be contained if you put two or three people on him. And mm. deep and you don't give him room in behind i mean if he if you give him room in behind he's devastating but if, mm. if he doesn't he's less effective he's still a very good player but less effective so i should imagine you know uruguay are very canny as well right tabarez has been the manager there for 15 16 years something like that um so i expect i have a horrible feeling uruguay are going to win one nil yeah, uh, probably have to go with you on that one. Uh, just they've just got too much experience all the way around the pitch. Um, just, just uh, I'm just curious. Would it be wise to bring Salah on as opposed to start him, even though they say he's uh, pretty much 100 percent fit? Depends. It really would depend off how fit he is. Um, mm. I think there's a psychological okay. effect to having him there, right? He he worries the other team. So. Yep. Yeah. Very true. All right. Mate, all right okay. On. Moving on. Yep. Move- Moving on to the next one, mate. It's your time to shine because it's Morocco versus Iran. And Jay is going to say all kinds of interesting things about Iran. Because I don't well, know. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for this. I want to say uh, all kinds of interesting things. But here we go. We're going to start with uh, um, Iran. Uh, Iran uh, has a population. Hey. And uh, yeah, no, absolutely. They've got people there and, uh, and they've got folk and everything. And over the last uh, uh, week or so, uh, I've been looking at Tehran uh, uh, with, with a slightly closer magnifying glass. Um, and uh, and I've, I've decided, I've decided uh, that Iran will now become my official number four team of oh, the ooh. World Cup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My official number 14, overtaking Australia. Uh, now, <laughs> Australia, Australia were in, in fourth by default. Uh, and uh, I'll let you know that straight away. I've tried really hard over the last few years. If you guys missed uh, uh, the first episode, I'm living out in Australia here at the moment. Uh, Dave's living out in, 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 in America. You and have qualifies. And what qualifies? The Americans listening, they have not qualified. Mate, to, in no, that's our, true. In our office today, they were watching the U.S. Open on the TV. The U.S. Open? It's, yeah, isn't the it Roland- They were watching oh, golf. The golf. The golf, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the tennis, the golf. They the tennis or the- this World oh, Cup kicks off, God. and they're watching the bloody golf. Oh God! Yeah, no, Rory McIlroy and uh, and all no, them. Not no, just no, 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 no golf. Move back. No, on. okay, no golf, no go, no go, no go. Iran. Come on, no. Now, I don't know if Iran have got any famous golf players. I don't think they do. Um, but they, they are now officially my third, uh, sorry, my fourth, my fourth favorite team. So after Portugal uh, and England and then South Korea, I am now uh, officially supporting Iran. I'm very, very excited. Uh, their first game is against Morocco, an equally, um, ooh, careful uh, kind of team. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Morocco either, I'm afraid. Um, but, uh, but yes, um, 
uh, Iran are... You've yeah. said a lot, but you haven't actually told us anything about Iran other than they're playing Morocco tomorrow. Come on. Could I have some <laughs> All right, I'm going to leave the best till last, though. First thing, obviously, is Carlos Queiroz. You know, he's a Portuguese manager. He's been manager since 2012. So he's been there for six years, would you believe? Uh, which, would, which would explain why nobody's seen him for the last six years. <laughs> um, so he's been there. Now, admittedly, uh, there was a little bit of a break. Uh, he, he actually quit, uh, but then got rehired again. I think they begged him to come back. Uh, they realized that he'd, uh, he'd been doing very well. So, uh, so Iran have done you know, ex ex extremely well under his tutelage, and they're very, very happy. But this will actually officially be his last uh, turn out there. So he's, he'll, why, he'll no longer... Why is it, do you think that... I mean, and I guess Carlos Quiroz gets more coverage in, in, in your native Portugal than he does... I know him as the former assistant of, uh, of Ferguson at Manchester United, and Ferguson said very glowing things about him. I know yep. he had a, a reasonably unsuccessful stint at Real Madrid, kind of debatable. But like, you like know, a year, I think, yeah. He didn't really pull up any trees there. No, but, no. But he's a you know, coach with a high enough profile. Why, why has he stayed in Iran for so long? Um, well, I, th I think uh, it's it's difficult to, to, to know exactly, but I, I think he's, um, you know, managers sometimes separate them th themselves as a, to what they're going to be good at doing. Uh, and are they going to be good at being a, um, a national team manager or are they going to be good at being a, a club team manager? And I think they're, they're both very different and sometimes they can't bridge over. They find it very difficult to make the, make the change over to, uh, to the different team. Uh, you have much less time with your players if you're in a national team, of course. So what, what kind of things do you focus on? Do you focus on tactics? Do you focus on, on, on training your players physically so that they're physically fit? What do you do? So it's very different to be a manager of a national team than it is to be the manager of a club team um, and I think he's just got the taste uh, for managing a national team and I think he's just he's just very happy he's been very happy there uh, bringing forward a lot of young players and he's he's gained himself a bit of a reputation of of using a lot of uh, national league players he doesn't take players who have gone overseas uh, not that there are that that many actually iranians but there are some who who have gone overseas but uh he's been very famous for for focusing on on youth and focusing on on what iran has to offer uh, over there so i think he's been very happy there and uh, and i think he'll he but 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 he's he's officially said that this is his last uh, uh his last stint uh as iranian manager so yeah so he's been there for 6 years which is a very long time uh for uh, for a lot, a lot of these mate what else have you got before we move on to morocco uh, and uh yeah and i'll just uh, i'll just finish off with um uh, did, did you know that legend has it that apparently the three wise men came from Iran? Did you know Frank, that? Frankincense, golden myrrh. Frankincense, golden myrrh. Yeah, absolutely. It their names. It wasn't their names. Uh, no, no, it was their names. Yes, frankincense. <laughs> was, uh, yeah, uh, gold <laughs> and gold is a very fashionable name in Iran. And, and myrrh. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't see what bearing that has on it. Uh, what do we know about Morocco? Uh, they've got and this is what I know about Morocco. Uh, they've got the lad who plays for Ajax, who's a bit good. Uh, yeah, they've got. Um, uh, well, the Moroccan teams. The Moroccan team, at, at least, this is one of the things that uh, that has come out of uh, uh, of Africa generally. Um, <clears throat> a lot of uh, uh, a lot of people said that they're not very surprised 
uh, that Morocco are in it because North uh, African teams recently have been starting to get a hell of a lot stronger than the sub-Saharan teams. And the North uh, African teams just seem to be that there's a lot of uh, African-born players from the North that, that learn their trade in European youth systems. And I mean, even if you go back a bit, Zidane, Zidane was born in Algeria, wasn't he? He was indeed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so they've got some. Uh, they've got some pretty good players uh, over there at the moment, and I, I wouldn't uh, put it past them to put a little bit of a surprise uh, in here and uh, and come up with uh, with some good results. I, th- I actually think they will uh, beat Iran. Um, I, I think they will. I think Iran have got something uh, very special in, in regards to obviously having Kedaj, but also uh, to, to having a togetherness, a team togetherness. But I think Morocco will just have a little bit too much for them. Goodbye, part four. If you're still listening, what is wrong with you? My guess is many, many things. mate then so we should move on to the last game of the day which is a, a small insignificant game featuring two teams that I've barely heard of uh, I might have to uh, refer to you a bit but apparently um, Spain uh, which is a country that uh, um, is in Europe uh, and I believe has a, a fairly decent league um, featuring Real Madrid and Barcelona Spain have um, decided that they don't need a manager interesting yep <clears throat> No, absolutely. And, and who, yeah, and they're totally right. Who does need a manager? You know, um, I'm going with them. And I think this is a very kind of new age, uh, hippie uh, way of looking at football. Um, uh, I think actually they should take it one further and say that they don't need any players. (laughs) You'd like that. that. Yeah, I I would. No one tomorrow. See who shows up, you know, maybe some crickets. And, uh, you know, and just let the Portuguese players walk out onto the pitch and get a 3 0 win uh, through default. So, um, you would fist fist pump, you would, you would would, celebrate, you would sing songs into the middle of the night if that happened. It would be, it would be very, very special for me. uh, um, here in Australia, the match starts at 4 a.m. and uh, there's a, a big group of Portuguese contingent uh, uh, going out and uh, to, to a pub uh, in the centre of Melbourne, and we're going to go and watch this game. And the thing is, we all know how important the first games are uh, at World Cups. It's really important to get that first win. So, we, you know, but take away that importance of winning it, and then. Uh, just put the fact that it's Portugal versus Spain, you know, and when you, when you, when you do that, you just, this match is just huge. It's enormous for the Portuguese people. It is enormous. And I'll tell I'll tell you what, straight away, I'm, I'm going to go with, um, with Bernardo Silva to be the man of the match uh, uh, for this one. I think he's going to surprise the world. And he's going to come out there. Um, you mentioned in, in the first episode, you know, who's Nanny's replacement? It's Bernardo Silva, basically. So well, that's, that's a bit harsh on Bernardo Silva because he's, he's a very good player, isn't he? I mean, Nanny was an idiot. Um, yeah, <laughs> but this, but this is it. It's all about rep- you, you. You did say replacement, so uh, so there yeah. we go. Improvement. Who is Nanny's improvement? Improvement. Um, 
Um, getting back to Spain for just a bit and the fact that they've decided to sack their manager. And they've yep. put um, Hierro, Fernando Hierro, who, when I was growing up as a kid, was always a player I enjoyed watching play um, because he was, you know, testament to the fact that you didn't have to have any pace uh, in order to be a professional footballer. As a centre-back, for sure, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and also, like, you can have a really... I mean, challenge me on this one if you don't believe it's right. Fernando Hierro, current manager of Spain, the Spanish Martin Keown. <laughs> I, I I like it. I like it. <laughs> Similar face. Like, yeah. Um, same position. And anyway, but so yeah. For, for no, no. Years, I like it. I like it. It's good. Fernando Hierro was in charge. Uh, I feel like Spain have missed a trick here. I feel what they really should have done is because I mean to divulge the reason that Lopetegui, their manager, was fired was because he took the Real Madrid job, which is open because Zinedine Zidane was like three back-to-back Champions Leagues, meh, I'm off. <laughs> what Spain should have done is um, appoint Zidane. So then Zidane would have won the Champions League and the World Cup in the same year and then just been the world's greatest player and manager and just just rubbed <laughs> his shoulders, retired and, from international football. And, and said, which everything. planet can I go to now? Yeah, because there's like, nothing else on this planet that I could achieve. achieve so. or win. Like, <laughs> and he'd have to run for prime minister of France. If, and then after he got that, he'd have to do prime minister of the world. Uh, and, <laughs> if, and yeah, I think they've really missed a trick there. They should have, they should have appointed Zidane. Really. Look, um, <clears throat> uh, I... I, I I don't think that would ever actually really happen, uh, but but you're 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 probably too t- yeah you're probably very right. Listen, what what's happened over in Spain? Uh, you know, again, apart from the fact that I can't really talk about it, I find it very difficult because I think it's so comical and I think it's so wonderful that something like this has happened just before the World Cup. Although this does make Spain very dangerous as well, so this is something we have to be very careful with. Suddenly, everyone's going to go well, they're going to lose, and now they have an excuse if they lose. So. That will make this a, a hell of a lot more dangerous for Portugal now, this match, I think. Um, but, the, the, but the Spanish, I, I just want to say, I think the Spanish president uh, here has just been a complete idiot. He's, just been, he's just been an absolute child. Yeah. This can only be explained as child's behavior. There's been thousands of managers out there, thousands, I'm, I'm going a bit overboard here, but like a lot of managers who have accepted club roles before the World Cup or before the European Championships you know, and announced their international... De- Conte, 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 yeah. Conte. 2016 was off to Chelsea. Everyone knew it. Yeah. Yeah, no, and there's been a plethora of them. The Dutch one uh, um, uh, before this as well, and Van Gaal, yes. And there's, there's been loads of people who have done it in the past. And actually, all it's done is it's just spurned the international team on a little bit more. And it's spurned the manager on a little bit more. The manager's gone, right, I'm going to give everything now because this is my last three weeks. I've lived in this hellhole for four years, you know, waiting for this competition. I'm here now. I'm going to have three more weeks. And then afterwards, I'm going to go back into club football again. So it was all fun against. I'm not saying that all of them are thinking that way, but... You have They've got a lot of enthusiasm for it. Mate, don't think that you've managed to get the fact that Spain is a hellhole through there. Like, I saw that. I you saw, like that? I saw, I saw and heard what you did. I would say one thing. If, if there's any team that doesn't need a manager at this World Cup, it's Spain. Right? Yeah. And experience, yeah. like, the, the back five. Like, it picks itself, doesn't it? the midfield and let's leave the, the strikers alone. I think they have problems up front. But... 
the back five, Alba, uh, PK, Ramos, Carvajal is fit, right? He's back, or is he not? Uh, he, oh, I'm not sure, actually. Yes, he limped out of the um, yeah, Champions League final. Whoever's, whoever's his replacement at right back is, he's probably bloody good. And then De Gea, I, I don't like to say it, but he's the best goalkeeper in the world. Like, yes, yes. I think you're I mean, right there on that one as well. He's a very I'm, good goalkeeper. I'm worried tomorrow that we're not going to see many goals because Uruguay, I think, will sit. Egypt, um, Egypt played as a counter-attacking team of qualification. Kiros, um, Kiros's Iran don't concede many goals. Morocco famously didn't concede a goal in qualifying. Spain have an amazing back five. And Portugal won the Euros by essentially defending very well. Defending, yeah. Mate, if we get more than three goals tomorrow, we should be happy. I'm really yep. worried that we're going to get one goal tomorrow. And it's going to yeah. be a Suarez goal. It's going to no, be it's one. not. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a Gonzalo Guedes goal. I'll oh, tell oh. you. He'll, co- he'll come on with 20 minutes to go. And uh, uh, Bernardo Silva will cross the ball into Ronaldo. Ronaldo will try to shoot as he always does. Uh, it might come off the post or De Gea might manage to get a bit of a touch to it and Gonzalo Guedes will come in at the back post and sure that is. will score. So Gonzalo Guedes is, is uh, another, another one of the new uh, breeds. Um, he scored uh, two in the last warm-up match and he's a P- he plays for PSG, but he's on loan to Valencia. Very good player as well. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, but but you know what? I totally agree with you. You know, we, we'll have William Carvalho sitting in in as um, a central defensive midfielder who will just sit in front of that back four, and you know we'll have Pepe uh, in there. And I think they're going to actually choose uh, Jose Font probably as much much to my dismay. Uh, but uh, you know we've got Rui Patricio who's an excellent goalkeeper, uh, and uh, um, yeah, it's just going to be a very very strong defensive lineup uh, uh, for Portugal. And I think they'll look to hit them on the break. And that'll be yeah. it. I think it could. I think it could be. Don't mate. So, mate, we. I think we should go. We've previewed everything. It's going yep. to be an exciting game tomorrow. The World Cup started. It's Christmas. Oh, it's Christmas. Oh, it's Christmas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll be back as soon as we can. Uh, preview, mate. Take some kind of recording device with you to the Portuguese Australian pub at four a.m. and record noises. Oh, sounds and good. Sounds like them, a plan. Play them back to people. Sounds great. Sounds like an absolute plan. Yes, I will. I might even take some uh, some videos and uh, and everything as well. All right then, mate. Well, in that case, I'll say goodbye. Happy footballmas. Happy footballmas. Happy footballmas. <laughs> this podcast has finished. By now you will have realized that any claims made at the beginning were flagrantly false. We are not sorry. Oh, thank you.